Hey, thank you so much for checking out today's video. I'm Pastor Matt, this is Pastor Adrienne, and we pray this message blesses you and encourages you all throughout your week. Absolutely. For any more information on how to be praying with us or to become a part of our community or to give, please head on over to takeovergera.com. I appreciate it, but I'm just dust. Can we give it up for King Jesus greater than you just gave it up for me? That doesn't cut it. That doesn't cut it. It's King Jesus. It's King Jesus. It's King Jesus. Yeah, stand. Stand. Praise him. Come on. I am but dust. He is king. He is Lord. He is lion. He is lamb. Come on. Now that I have your attention for the next four hours, we're going to keep this going. serious um this is just this is just what this is this this isn't about me this isn't about adrienne this isn't about pastors this isn't about uh instagram likes and instagram follows and and, and speaking engagements and all of these things no this is about jesus taking over lives amen i mean the reason we read off all those testimonies is because one, it's really safe to do when you have them written on a card and you don't hand somebody a microphone. Which is great. That was a joke. I'm terrible at them. Thanks. But the reason, the reason we do that is because the church needs to know what the Lord is doing in others' lives. The reason is because we are not to forsake what the fellowship, the gathering of the saints. Amen. That is what the church is for, to minister unto God, to equip the saints. And at the end of the day, we pray, we pray, we pray that the lost would come home in our services. Amen. But that's who we are. That's what we do. That's in order. We are a home for him. We are a presence people. And we exist to see Jesus take over lives. Amen. Far out. Speaking of, uh, speaking of Jesus taking over lives, uh, I believe we got a recent engagement in the house as of yesterday. Maddie and Zach, come on! Oh. She said yes, and this boy's got a mullet. I mean, the Lord is real. The Lord is real. And he's good. He's faithful to a thousand generations. <laughs> Even those with mullets. It's good. It looks great on you, man. And you know what? A future bride looks great on you, too. So good on you guys. See that? See that gentleman? That's how you do it. Uh, anyways, I'm going to shut up. Um, uh, oh, five years. Five years. Um, there's like less than 10 of us that are still here from a 5 p.m. service that started in the Boys and Girls Club on Crofton and Division. 5 p.m., setting up an auditorium, Adrienne breaking every light bulb from Walmart of our special little backdrop that we got for, like, you know, we put together for $25. I mean, we say it all the time, but this, 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 it's because we had a word from heaven. We had $80. And through a lot of obedience and a lot of sacrifice and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, not just of our own, but those in this room, those that have gone on, those that are still in the faith and elsewhere in our country, like, 
the blood, the sweat, and the tears of the saints. That's why this place is possible, because there was sacrifice. When Jesus says, man, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few, he is right. But I look out right now, and I know one thing is true about Takeover Church. The laborers are many. And the laborers will be many. And we will see a revival in our region. We will take Grand Rapids. We will take West Michigan. We will take the Midwest. Not for our glory, but unto his. Amen. Lord, if we ever, we say this all the time. This is not in my notes, but I don't, we're throwing, we're, we're throwing so much out the window right now. I don't give a rip. I say this to our team all the time. I, we pray, and, and everyone hates it when I do this because the Lord listens when we pray, amen? And I say it all the time. I say, Lord, never let Takeover Church grow beyond our leadership's prayer life, beyond our leadership's intimacy with you. Lord, don't ever let this thing get so big and so out of hand that our prayer life and our intimacy with you can't steward it well can't steward it well. It's not worth it. I want to see Jesus revive the Midwest region. I want to see him take it over for his glory. But at the same time, I don't want anyone on our team to be a statistic. I don't want anyone on our team to be a casualty. I don't want something to happen where we grow out of intimacy with God. And this thing becomes amazing, but our character and our integrity can't uphold it. Amen. This is the kind of church I don't know about everybody else in our city, and I'm really not concerned. God bless them. You're part of the kingdom of God. Thank you for co-laboring and ministering. We pray for you. We hope you have the same heart. But for us and our house, we will be a house of prayer. Amen. We will be a house of intimacy. Amen. We will be a house of habitation. We will be a house of him. Amen. This is who we are. There's no... I love that song. Amy, Pastor Amy was messaging me this week talking about like, what do you think about these, about these uh, verses here? I'm like, I love them. They're my favorite verses ever. It's my favorite song. It really is. It really is. The, 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 the worthless goals will be exposed as idols that we praise. I mean, are you kidding me? Come on. Level me. Level me. God, we used to, we, we used to have all these dreams. We're going to be in a nightclub. And we're going to reach those that are just smelling like booze. And, and that's, you know what, that's good and well, but it's just, it's too shallow. It's too shallow. Because you know what wasn't at the top of my list? Reaching God. <laughs> it wasn't at the top of my list. Top of my list. We'll be the Carl Lentz of Grand Rapids. Look how that turned out for New York. No, it wasn't at the top of his list, and no, it wasn't the top of mine in 2018, ministering to God. We had a plan to minister to everybody else in our city but God. Are you kidding me? This is what the church is. This is why we exist. Him and he alone. Amen? You want to have a great marriage? You want a great marriage series? You want to know where you're going to find that? In scripture. Amen? You want great finances? You want a great financial series? You know where you're going to find that? In scripture. Amen? This is, this is about him. And in this, yes, we will have messages and we will have topics and we will speak on things and we will minister to areas. But first and foremost, you've got to understand, if you're going to call a takeover church home, it is about him. It's not about you. It can't be. And it certainly can't be about me. Today's an amazing day for me. An amazing day. Not just be, 
Adrian's like, you have the ugliest cry and you look like you're faking it because you're emotionally stunted and the Lord needs to heal you. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. She's like, why don't you just cry? And I'm like, cause I can't. Uh, it's true. Any emotions I have is because I have the Holy Spirit. I have, before this, I was a sociopath. Uh, it's true. I kid you not. I kid you not. I've been serving God for like 17 years, and right before then, it was a sociopath. And now I'm a psychopath, but with the Holy Spirit. It's really great. See how that works out? He redeemed my life from the pits. But today, I mean... I got, a, I got a friend here, Mike Sharp, that, that I literally, I skirted on him in the middle of the night while we were in Bible college and bailed. I'm that guy. And here we are, all of these years later, in our 30s, wives, he has kids, we're trying, leading a church, five years in, 17 years with God, and today I know, I know that I know that I know that I know He's more faithful than I am. And because of that, because of that, our obedience, God, I am telling you, our obedience will go further than you think it will. Because his supersedes and it exceeds and it excesses far more than yours. He just needs your hands and he just needs your heart and he will do the rest. What do you guys want to talk about? Um, I love Jesus. I love Jesus. This whole thing is about, about Jesus. So we got this prophetic word over our church. And it's about fire upon the earth. You see in Luke 12, verse 14, Jesus is laying out. He lays out his game plan. He says, I have this chief desire, and it is to cast fire upon the earth. Now, a lot of people, they hear that, and they're like, oh, doom and gloom, hellfire, brimstone, all of that. And that's, that's not at all what Jesus is talking about, because literally the next part, he's talking about his baptism that he has of fire, of the Holy Spirit, and it burdens him until the day he can deliver it, which isn't just in his death, it's not just in his burial, it's not just in his resurrection, but it's found in his ascension as he goes, like we talked about last week, and he sends the what? Advantage, the added advantage, the Holy Spirit, amen? And it's in that, that he is, he is beginning to burn upon the earth because he finally has a people, a bride that he can burn within within and so today we're going to continue on because we're going the whole year with fire upon the earth i don't care about anything else i don't care about anything else than your lives being set ablaze for the glory of god your marriages being set ablaze for the glory of God. Your single season being set ablaze for the glory of God. Your purity, your sexuality, your identity, your holiness being set ablaze for the glory of God. We've made church about everything else but the glory of God. And I won't take my last breath. I won't die without a bride in this region that is a flare unto heaven that says, Lord, if you're coming, come here. Lord, if you're falling, fall here. 
I look at all the things that are going on in our nation right now, and I borderline covet it. Because I want what Asbury has. I want a desperation in the room. What Lee University has. If you don't know, look this up. There is revivals breaking out across our nation. And it's not because we want the Instagram clicks or we want to be a part of the cool kids club. I don't care. Burn the cool kids club down. Please, Holy Spirit, keep exposing people. We need it because the wheat has to be separated from the chaff so that the wheat can grow. So that the bread can be broken. So that the wine can be spilled. So that we can taste and see. Amen. And so... We're going to keep burning. We're going to keep burning. We're going to keep burning. And Jesus, he just, I felt like I got my listening ears on really good a couple weeks ago. And he was saying to me, he's like, you want a bride, a bride that is burning. And I said, more than anything, more than anything. I want to see a bride in our region that is burning more than anything. I just heard God so clearly. He said, preach the last lessons of Jesus. He's like, go back, go through the scriptures, chew on those, mow on those, feed on those, marinate in those, bask in those, get in that and get it in you because it's what set the disciples ablaze. It's what set the early church ablaze. It's what set the early onset bride ablaze. And with that, it changed the world. And I gotta admit, I don't know if it's Holy Spirit or stupidity, but either way, I'm going for it. Amen. Does anybody want to be on fire? Today, oh man, if you're taking notes, you can't have church without equipping the bride. I just want to keep singing. Um, if you're taking notes, the title of my message is, you ready? Life in the fire. Life in the fire. Life in the fire. Also, we totally, we totally have got just confetti in the wine. Confetti in the wine, water in the stone. Uh, that's not how it goes, but it's good. Life in the fire. And if you got your B-I-B-L-E's, we are coming out of John 17, and that's it. It's verses 1 through 26. Um, it'll be up on the Sky Bible behind me, um, but you should totally have a Bible. They're really good. John 17, 1 through 26. Man, I am just emotional and penetrated and broken by the glory of God this morning. Am I alone in that or is everyone with me? Man, can we just be undone? All right, here we go. When Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come, the hour has come, the hour has come to glorify your son, that the son may glorify you since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God. This is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I, glorify, I glorified you on the earth, having accomplish the work that you gave me to do and now father somebody say and now and now father glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed Jesus 
I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you, for I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them. Has anybody received the words that Jesus gave them? And have come to know them in truth that I came from you. And they have believed that you sent me and I am praying for them. I am not praying for the world but for those whom you have given me for they are yours. All mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them. Not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, Judas, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now, somebody say now. I am coming to you in these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word and your world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one, that they are not of the world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them. Somebody say sanctify in the truth. Somebody somebody say truth. Your word is truth. Somebody say, his word is truth. Has you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Somebody say, I am sent. For their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. I do not ask for only these, but also those, for those who will believe in me through their word. Come on, Jesus. And they may all be one, just as you and Father are in me, and I are in you. I just botched that. That they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, Jesus. That they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, and they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you have sent me, and I love them, even as you loved me. Father, 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 I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you loved me before the foundations of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you. And these that you have sent me, I made known to them your name. And I will continue to make it known. How many of you are grateful that Jesus continues to make it known? I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them them (laughs) father god i just thank you for this morning god more than that i thank you for five years god more than that i thank you for the next five god i thank you that these first five have been but a foretaste but a foretaste of what you are to do not just through takeover church god but i am believing god i am believing god for a radical move of the spirit in our region god that every church no matter the title of it no matter the name of it no matter how it was established what what denomination or theological background it comes from god but every church in our region god would take on the mantle to see Jesus take over our region, God. 
It's bold and unapologetic, much like Jesus. So Father God, I ask, I ask, I ask, I ask, I ask, I ask, Lord, keep us humble. I ask, I ask, I ask, Lord, keep us faithful. I ask, I ask, I ask, Lord, keep us obedient. Lord, we want to be these people that Jesus just prayed for. We want that to be the story. Catch us up. Catch us up in that story, God. That is where we belong. It's who we are because of whose we are. Father, we, we, just, we confess right now, Lord, any area in our lives, God, that we try to keep to ourselves right now, Lord, we are just clearing the plate. We are clearing the table for anything that's not of you, God. Right now, we say that anything we've tried to keep to ourselves in our life, we just hand it over. We hand it over, God. We give it to you. We repent, we repent, we repent, God. If we try to keep our sexuality to ourselves, we repent, God. If we try to keep our minds to ourselves, we repent, Lord. If we try to keep sickness to ourselves, we repent, Lord, God. If we try to keep our marriage to ourselves, our views on politics to ourselves, God. If we try to keep our hard hearts and our offenses to ourselves, whatever it is, God, we relent, we repent, we give it to you, God. We give it to you, God. God, we pray today that you find a bride in this room that is in complete submission to you. God, that these wouldn't be songs that we simply sing, but God, they would be the cry of our heart. They would be the cry of our spirit, God, that we would join in with heaven's song that says, holy, holy are you, God. Are you, God, Lord Almighty, the God that we cast our crowns before, Lord. Father, we love you. We're so grateful for the gift of Jesus. Would you come, Holy Spirit, and burn us through and through. Consecrate us, sanctify us, set us apart, God. Make us look more like Jesus today. Father, would you find in this house today a bride fit for the bridegroom? And if we're not, if there's a person in here that's not fit yet, God, give us the revelation of how to get ready how to be that readied bride that you were looking for for your son. And God, today, no matter what happens in this moment, Lord, we just, we get out of the way. We give you all of the glory. And may we just be found at your feet. In Jesus' mighty name, a faithful church said, amen. Oh, man. This has really tested my, um, I really like order. <laughs> I'm that guy. Uh, and uh, oh, I mean, I love Holy Spirit disorder. Don't get me wrong. Like, he is the author and finisher. Amen. Like, you, you decide today. But right now, I'm just like, I'm all over the place. I'm all over the place. So welcome to me and the Holy Spirit doing something together. And you just have to be uh, either participants or subjected to. So you decide how you want to play today. <laughs> Sound good? It's not choose your own adventure. It's the Holy Spirit's going to do it. And we're just going to be like, yes, Lord, come. But life in the fire, and that's really just the life in the fire, amen. Life in the fire looks like that obedience that just relents, that relents to his will above our will, his ideas above our ideas, his view on our life above our view on his, our life, his desires for our life above our desires for our life. Like this is, this is what it looks like to live life in the fire. And man, as we've gone through, you know, John 15, John 16, now we're at John 17, this is really these last few lessons of Jesus before he goes and is ultimately killed on the cross and buried and 
ascends down to hell, kicks the devil in the teeth, takes back the keys to eternity in your life and my life, and we get to have this amazing relationship with him, and he comes and he resurrects, and then at some point in the next couple days, he ascends. And it's in that moment that he just tags in the ultimate tag team partner, the Holy Spirit, and now Jesus isn't just with 12, but he's within his bride. Amen? And that's where we find ourselves, and see, this is this is all part of the Olivet Discourse. This is something that the authors have titled the High Priestly Prayer. And I love it because we see in this moment, we see this intimate moment with Jesus and the Father. And it's through the Holy Spirit. And there's this theological term that I'm going to tell you today. I don't expect you to necessarily get this memorized or keep this. But I think it really helps when you know these things. Frame up some of the things that you read in the Bible. But it's called intertrinitarian uh, inter conversation. And it's this moment where you see God the Son speaking to God the Father by way of God the Holy Spirit. And it's amazing. And the reason I think it's important to say that is because, friends, if Jesus is what? Fully man and fully God, underneath complete compulsion and relent to the Holy Spirit, that means what? He's not only our Savior, He's our Lord. He's not only our Lord, but He's our example. That Jesus is called the firstborn among what? Many brothers. It's who he is. That means for you and I as Christians, we were never, ever, 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 hear me today. You were never intended to simply be saved and then carry on as you. You were never simply intended to be saved and continue to look like you, sound like you, talk like you, act like you. No, no, no. There is a higher plan for your life than simply just saving you. God now wants to send you. But here in West Michigan, we got such a religious principality above this city that just wants you to get stuck in this, saved from your sin, but we completely miss in the midst of religion, outside of relationship, we completely miss that we aren't simply just saved from our sin, but we are saved for our sending. I'm not preaching to anybody this morning. We're not just saved from our sin, we are saved for our sending. It is, it's both and. This thing is a double-sided coin, like a double-edged blade, and we were made to pierce that principality up there. And it is my heart and my cry as Takeover Church. We would just gut the religious spirit above our area. It's demonic. It's demonic. Any theology that does not preach that you are called to be like Jesus and actually mean it is heresy, demonic, and wrong. Listen, listen, listen. Friends, we've got to understand this today. Jesus, he, is, he has been telling the boys, this is all in the same walk, by the way. They started in one place, and they end up at this like, this, like river, cherith, brook side place where the high priestly prayer. But John 15, 16, and 17, this is all one like continuous moment conversation. This is one hangout time with Lord Jesus. Like, I'm like, come on, Holy Spirit, give me those downloads. I want, I want those three chapters on the regular but it's all one conversation. And so he's telling him, he's like, no, 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 no. You want to give me just moments of affection, but I don't deal in momentary affection. My, my plea, my cause, my burning demands eternal attachment. 
You've got to be married to me. You've got to be sown in, grafted in, placed on the vine. You are my branches. You don't get to just give me moments and then break off once you received what you need. No, I demand for my call on your life, my purpose in your life, and on this earth, I demand eternal attachment. And then from there, and he goes, and how I'm going to keep that eternal attachment is I'm going to send you this added advantage. Paleominka, right? Is that what we came up with last week? Paleominka. Super hard to say. I suck at Greek. It is what it is. I studied a lot of years, and I still suck at it. <laughs> Paleominka, but it's this added vantage point. He goes, not only do I need you grafted in, eternally attached, but from that place, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to give unto you a way to see your life, the things that you go through, the blessings, the bad, the gory, and the glory. See it all, the things in your world, the people you do life with, all of these things. He's going to give you a vantage point, an added vantage that you can now view your life from the throne room of heaven. That is what the Holy Spirit does. And then from the throne room, you begin to pray prayers that Jesus is praying in the throne room. You begin to put a Holy Spirit sniper rifle on your prayers and you just body demons and you body generational curses and you body chains and you just bring Holy Spirit body bags with you. This is getting dark. Holy Spirit body bags with you for the demonic. Amen. And that's what we do. We're not, we're Christians. We're little Christs. When did that lose its salt? When did that lose its weight? When did that become something that we just wear as a badge of honor instead of the world going, you're such a little Christ. Where are the disruptors? The disrupting disciples. That's how we got our name in Antioch anyways. Just check it out. It's the book of Acts. It's a great story. That's how we got our name. We were too much like Jesus, and they couldn't stand it. Healing people, setting people free, casting out demons. And I'm sitting here going, man, the only time people are angry about Christians these days is when it involves politics. I sure wish politics involved us casting out devils in the White House. You know what I'm saying? then we can earn that badge. There's like Jesus followers and then there's Christians to me. I want to be a Christian. I want to be a Christian. Not that there's anything wrong with the term Jesus follower. Hear me today. Don't give me an email. Lord knows I won't read it. But that's not enough for me. It's not enough for me. It's not. I want to rattle the gates of hell so badly that they just can't help but be like, we're going to murder them. (laughs) And I'm serious. Friends, if you knew what the last five years looked like to this moment, if you know how many times I wish I was dead, (laughs) I'm, I'm not just willing to die for takeover church. I'm willing to die to see the bride on fire. I want to lay down my life the way Jesus laid down his. To see fire cast upon the earth. Because there is, there is something, there is something so much just left on the table where we just decided that, you know what? What Jesus really paid for was an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday. And a 20 buck tip for your preacher. That's what he died for? Really? Is that what we think? 
Is that what we hear when we read that he is going to the Father? Is that what he intended? I'm going to send you the ad advantage so you can view church the way you want to. So that you can leave church when you want to. So that you can bail on a family that loves you and raised you and has been with you. Because you're hurt or offended at something the preacher said that quite truthfully in our lives needs to be hurt and offended. It's like, that's, we're going to get down to the meat and potatoes like somebody said in their card. That's, 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 right? That's what Jesus gave us life for was just, we decide. Last time I checked, when he comes low, he never calls me pastor or Lord. He tells you that, you should be up here. <laughs> but I just get my son, my son. I just get Matthew. <laughs> but this is what this is. A bride on fire. And so the boys are, and the girls, are the disciples, there's all these people, they're walking with Jesus town to town and doing great works of ministry. and This goal was never that this would be Bible stories. While I love the phrase in that song, catch me up in your story, unfortunately, West Michigan, the religious principality here, has taken that word too serious. And we've decided that this, this is but a story of good morals for our lives. And we don't understand that we have 5,000 years of human history and most of it comes from this. This is, this is a living text because it's living people. It happened. This is real. And we're detached from it because we have iPhones. <laughs> it's like this, this happened. Oh, I just love that Bible story. You mean history. You mean that moment where God really called Peter out on the water. You mean that moment when the Holy Spirit actually fell. Where, bless you, where 500 people were supposed to be in that upper room. Friends, this, this is realer than our moment in time. This is richer than a moment in time. This is deeper than our moment in time. We are but a vapor. We've got a set amount of time. And I'm asking you today, how do you want to live it? Do you want to live a life on fire or do you want to live, a, just want to live? Who do you want to be? What do you want to do with your life? How do you want to spend your twilight years? How do you want to spend your youth? How do you want to spend your marriage? How do you want to spend your single season? How do you want to spend your life? Do you not understand your life is on loan to you? How do you want to spend it? Who do you want to spend it on? What do you want to spend it doing? Because it's true. Think about your life. You're spending it right now. This moment will pass. You will go to your lunch reservations. You will go home. You will go into the world. You will go to workplace. You will do all these things this week. How are you going to spend it? I think when you frame it up like that, things get real clear real quick. And at that moment, you can kind of take an honest evaluation of your life and go, wow, I, uh, I actually spend my breaths on some things that don't matter to Jesus. You see these boys, they're 
walking with Jesus and they're having all these moments and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Jesus just stops. Jesus arrives at whatever point he and his sovereign mind goes, this is a good spot to pray. And he gets there. And can you imagine for a moment, all of a sudden you're walking with Lord Jesus and he just goes, Father God. And you guys are all just like, what is he doing? What is he doing? <laughs> We're nowhere. We're on a dusty trail. We're by a water. Like, we're just, what is Jesus doing right now? And he stops and he pauses. And he begins to pray. And it says that he looks up to heaven. Recently, the Lord was like, Matt, I want you to begin praying with your eyes open. And I was like, it's really uncomfortable. <laughs> He's like, I want you to worship with your eyes open. And I started asking, when do you actually want me to close my eyes? <laughs> and literally, He's giving me this charge right now because he, he has welcomed me into a place of intimacy with him that I see in scripture with Jesus. There's not a single scripture that says, bow your heads and close your eyes. But here we have the example, the perfect theology, Jesus Christ himself praying with his eyes open. And so for the disciples and for you and for me, this is a moment where we are getting an actual onlook into who we are to be as Christians I'm not telling you you're little g, lowercase gods here. I'm telling you that you are the adopted sons and daughters of the Most High God. You are brothers and sisters of Christ, simultaneously his body and his bride. You are his hands and his feet in the earth, friends. And if you think that means you are powerless or that you have less intimacy with the Father than him, then you have been lied to. Just not true. Want to know how I know that? There is not 5,000 years of history to disprove that. And so for me, I just want to begin to pray with my eyes open. I just want to get to this place with Jesus where I can stop and I can live in such an intimacy with him that I can just pray with my eyes open. Friends, intimacy with God is life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit is intimacy with God. It's intimacy with God. Life in the Spirit, hear me today, is intimacy with God. And Jesus is modeling for us this ability that you and I can have where we keep fixated on the one thing, where we lock eyes with the one who is worthy of locking eyes with, with the ones that we are unworthy to lock eyes with, but he made a way for us. And we are beginning to be able to fixate on him. I am telling you, friends, there is a way and there is a place and there is an intimacy with King Jesus that you and I can arrive at where the head bowing and the eye closing so we can get past all the distractions of the world and the distractions of the world go dim because we're fixated on him there's a way that we can and you're like Matt what does this have to do with anything I'm telling you you start praying with your eyes open you're going to get weird and it's going to be great you're going to love it you're going to be a very peculiar person because I'm telling you these disciples these followers these Christians with Jesus stopped in this moment and they were amazed at what he was doing But see, we live in a time and place where we barely keep eye contact with one another. We live in a time and place where we're broken in some way, some insecurity, some deep shame where we feel like, man, I really can't keep eye contact with you. 
you're going to talk to somebody, and as a pastor, I'm always like, hey, let's go. You know, but there's this, there's this thing in us that wants us to avert our eyes and avert our attention, and there's some deep shame, there's some deep insecurity, something hidden, something that needs to be revealed, something that needs to be dug up, something that needs to be <laughs> killed on the altar. Because that same insecurity, that same shame, that same thing that's holding us back from that intimacy with another person, it's keeping us back from that deeper relationship with God as well. Suddenly we're living this life of like, man, I can't even be intimate with the person next to me in some capacity. You sure as heck can't be intimate with him. I've sinned against him greater than I've sinned against you. And I'm allowing my small sin against you to hold me back from being intimate with you? What am I doing with him? There's this place that we can get to, this intimacy with him, this life in the spirit, this life on fire with him, where we lock eyes with the one whose eyes are a burning flame, and he begins to purify and sanctify us. And all of a sudden, insecurities and shame and guilt and all of these things that hold us back from intimacy with him and intimacy with others, it burns in the glory of his fiery eyes. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? And I'm telling you, maybe today you're going, that doesn't sound good to me at all. It should. You want to desire this. I think every Christian, if Jesus did anything, we should desire it. Anything. Anything he did. If we look at scripture and we go, nah, pass, Go back. Repent. You're wrong. <laughs> well, there's just too many distractions. Kill them. Well, I just have ADD. Kill it. I just have a short attention span. I'm Gen Z or in larger capacity. What rules your life? Short attention span or Jesus? I'm over this. Can you tell? I'm over it. I'm over it. Now my mentor Omar would be like, all right, now have a shepherd come around and just like, you know, love on him. You know, have Pastor Evan come and just nurture what you said, which is good. But it's true. He stops and he pauses and he just looks up to heaven. He prays with his eyes open and he is welcoming us in. This high priestly prayer is about who we are, whose we are, and what we are. This whole moment by Jesus is coming off the backside of those last two chapters, those last two moments that we looked at. And this is how he seals the deal. This is how he ties it all up. This is how he brings it all together. It's called this high priestly prayer, and it should be the realest thing to us. Because until we get this moment, we won't get him, and we won't get us. You won't understand just how peculiar you are, or should be. And so he starts it off, and he's like, Father God, the time has come. The time has come to glorify your son. To glorify your son. And there's a moment in just a second where he talks about, you know, glorify me with your presence like you and I did before the foundations of the earth. And I'm like, what does that even look like? But in between those moments, Jesus says, glorify your son, as I've glorified you, I have what? 
finished the assignment you have given to me. Friends, can you just rejoice for a second that Jesus, before he even went to the cross, has already relented and, re and given himself fully over to the assignment that was ahead of him? Because his assignment wasn't just to die, it was to live. It wasn't just to die, it was to rise. It wasn't just to die, it was to ascend. And so up until this moment, he's like, I've already done it. I have done it. What did he do? He lit a fire. He lit a fire. And he says, I have already finished the assignment you have given me. And friends, if this is an inside peek around the corner into what the Christian life should be, can I tell you, can I tell you, can I tell you, will you arrive at the end of your day and say, God, glorify me because I finished the assignment you've given me. See, I don't think any Christians really today, we live with kind of intentionality. I don't, probably because preachers have failed by preaching it, or not preaching it, rather. We've not told you. We've talked about calling. We talked about all these mighty things. And it's great, and it's good, and I love it, and it's motivating, and I talk about all the time, we're gonna talk about calling in just a second, and I love it. But friends, understand me. Here today, church, you, like Jesus, have an assignment given to you by God. Do you desire to finish it like Jesus? Do you live with that kind of intentionality? Do you live with that kind of awareness? Are you fighting tooth and nail? Are you fasting day and night? Are you worshiping? Are you praying? Are you going after God in such a way that is worthy of finishing the assignment that he gave you? I think we've got to live ravenous about it. We do. Come on, how about ravenous unto revival? Not going to put it on a t-shirt, but it preaches good. But where are the ravenous Christians? Where are the ones who are so hungry, so dissatisfied with this way of life that we're going to turn from a spirit of suicide because we are so overwhelmed by it and we're going to move into our prayer closets and we're going to pierce the veil and we are going to finish our assignment. So many Christians, we just want the easy way out. Jesus, come back and rescue your bride. He's not coming back on a rescue mission. He's coming back for a ready bride. It's not about rescuing. It's about readiness. Amen? Am I preaching to anybody this morning? It's not about rescue. It's about readiness. It's who he is. So he's looking for a bride that is getting readied. What does readiness look like? Fulfilling your assignment fulfilling your assignment. Well, Pastor Matt, I don't know what my assignment is. Guess what? I don't know what every person's assignment in here is either, but I know there's a bunch of prophets in the room who can get with you. You can pray, and you can fast, and you can get with God. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? It's what we are. It's who we are. This is how we do. We need to be able to look at this high priestly prayer of Jesus and go, if there's anything in there that I have not yet experienced or yet got a revelation of that hasn't yet wrecked my life and changed the trajectory of it, I need a revelation of it. Lord, hit me with it. Hit me with it. I need it. I need it. Lord, glorify me because I have finished the assignment you have given me. Friends, God has given every single one of you an assignment, young or old, seasoned saint or freshly saved. It doesn't matter. You have got a calling. You have got an assignment. You have got a dominion. You have got an authority. You have got a presence over your life, an open heaven above you, a fire on the inside of you, and it is calling you. Give your life to this. Burn for this. 
there is just, we sang it, there is just one chief end to your purpose. Now, I love the 90s. I wasn't saved in the 90s, but I remember them. I love the early 2000s. I was saved then. And we have some out there, and there's these WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? Well, we know what he did. He finished his assignment. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? See, the problem with this is that this religious principality up here, we're gutting you, you sucker. It's decided that sanctification, right? We all love, we all want to be sanctified, right? We want to be lived, redeemed life, sanctified, right? Made like Jesus. Well, we've allowed the religious principality above Grand Rapids to determine for us that sanctification means becoming morally correct. Good morals are great. Jesus has the best morals. He has perfect theology and he's perfect morality. He's the man and the God. He's great. But if you think sanctification simply means that you just don't cheat on your wife, we've missed it. Sanctification is simply, sanctification is both not cheating on your wife and praying for your wife. Friends, if you think that sanctification is simply not letting your eyes lust after someone, but instead, listen, 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 here we go. If sanctification to you is simply going from, wow, I wonder what she looks like with her clothes off, and then going to, hear me, here's sanctification, where we go from, what does she look like with her clothes off, to what does she look like with Jesus on her? Sanctification is also equally, hear me? Sure thing, I'll sign your cast. Two, man, what would that arm look like with Jesus' signature on it instead of mine? Probably healed. Probably out of a cast. What would that woman look like without me objectifying her? But instead, Jesus being, I think we can say this, objectified by her. That's sanctification. It's not simply a morality game. If you live a cleaned up life, great. But if it is absence of miracles, we have a problem. We have a problem. If you have the morals of Jesus, but you don't have the power of Jesus, friends, we got to taste and see. We got to taste and see even more. If your relationship with Jesus has moved you to a place of simply just abstaining from not cheating on your spouse, but instead you are not praying over your coworkers, you're not fasting, you're not believing, you're not asking God, you're not in your Bible, you're not engaging and serving and being a part of the local church body. If all of these things, if it's simply morality to you, that is not sanctification. I love behavior modification. Some of us need it real bad. Myself, chief among them. But true Jesus sanctification is where you don't just have your morals resurrected, but you have everything resurrected. Sanctification is what happens when <laughs> you're dead and he lives. Amen.
in every way. This is why the religious thing doesn't work. Friends, can I tell you this? Do you know why in the New Testament we don't see a whole lot of moral failings among the disciples? But in the New Testament that we're a part of, between Acts and Revelation, we see a whole heck of a lot of moral failings in the apostles. Can I tell you why that is? Well, I, I firmly believe it's because they were going out healing the sick, raising the dead, cleansing lepers, and kept casting out demons. Nowhere in there between those lines do I see a whole lot of time for objectifying somebody. Nowhere in there do I see a whole lot of time for uh, coveting someone else's spouse. Nowhere in there do I see a whole lot of time for becoming gambling addicts. No, nowhere in there do I see a whole lot of time for just getting hooked on cocaine. Okay? I don't see that. Because they lived on mission. They lived with intentionality. They lived with heaven's assignment in eye, in view, in their vantage point. So today when I see all the moral failings with the saints, I wonder when was the last time they were praying over somebody? When was the last time they were fasting and ridding themselves of their flesh? When was the last time they were intimate with their spouse? And I don't mean just sexually. When's the last time? When's the last time that they were purposely, practically, and prophetically looking like and living like Jesus? Because you want to know what that's really cool about Jesus? Jesus was Jesus, Jesus was Jesus in the shadows as much as he was Jesus on the platform. He was Jesus by himself. And he was Jesus with others. And that's who we're called to be. Friends, life in the fire is life in the light. It's life in the spirit. It's an intimacy with God. It is living in such a way that we are going to say, yeah, I'm going to finish the assignment you've given me. Do you want to know how I know that? Okay, the clock's going to burn in the glory, so if you got to go, you got to go. Don't worry, I'm not going to finish the whole thing. We're going to worship and lose our minds, but you want to know how I know that? Because the very next verse, the very next verse, Jesus says, for this is eternal life, to know the one true God. This is eternal life, to know the one true God. This is eternal life, to know the one true God. Man, we are in West Michigan, and I think, I think, I think, I think, if you were to ask people in our area, what say you is eternal life, you'd have varying answers. And I don't mean just among like heathens and atheists. I'm talking about Christians. I think there's Christians who think eternal life is a minivan, a picket fence, and a house in Rockford. And I'm going, what? <laughs> That's what God has for me, brother. Shallow. <laughs> I don't know what God you met, but that's not him. Rockford's great, and he's Jesus. Uh, it's not New Jerusalem. <laughs> but for some Christians, they're going, what does it look like to live a life in Christ? Well, it's the perfect spouse. Well, what about being the perfect spouse? And I don't just mean to your spouse. I mean to the bridegroom. You know what I'm saying? Oh, well, it's the dream job. What about fulfilling your God job? Nope, I'm going to school. I'm going for eight years. I'm going to get this. I'm going to get the medical degree. And it's when God puts me in the right place at the right time, then I'll start my ministry. I'm sorry, what? When did you start ministering to God? Why are you worried about your ministry starting? 
You have a ministry right now while you're in school. It's called ministering to him in the prayer closet. And it's called ministering to your classmates in the schoolrooms. Christian, anybody this morning? Come on, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. Jesus is saying, for this is eternal life. And so we have this idea that eternal life is all of these things that Jesus gives. And Jesus is going, no, 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 no. Eternal life is to know the one true God. See, eternal life isn't knowing a lot about the one true God. It's knowing the true God. Eternal life isn't being able to spout off all your favorite Bible verses. No, no, no. It's, it's being able to spout off your intimate times with him because you know him. You see, you see all these other things, like obviously knowing and memorizing scripture, great. We should do that. I affirm that 110%. Going to school, doing great things, love it. Awesome. Think college is a dead thing, but you know what? Keep going, Junior. I got you. 70000 dollars on the low end? Are you kidding me? The Bible says don't be in debt to the lender, okay? Moving on. This is what he's talking about. To know God is eternal life. Not just know about God. Because I think we can look in our religious principality area and we can go, there's a lot of varying opinions on who Jesus is. Amongst Christians. Amongst Christians. There's Christians in our city that think he's the wide gate, not the narrow gate. There's Christians in our city that think there's many ways, not one way. There's Christians that believe you can live any life and not just his life. There's all these Christians. But Jesus says eternal life, it's knowing the one true God. So all of our opinions of what we think eternal life looks like burns. Because it's him. The one true God. To know him, that is is eternal life. Listen, friends, you will either burn in him or you will burn apart from him. No in-between. No middle ground. That is what it looks like. We burn in him, for him, and with him, and given over to his glory, or we burn apart from him in a place called hell. And we live lives wildly on fire in a million different ways until we arrive there. where we're at. This is the reality. And I'm sorry if this is, seems brash or harsh or just really up front. And I apologize on behalf and I repent of on behalf of all the other pastors in the history of the last 40 to 50 years who preached something different, who told you eternal life looked different than that. Because according to Jesus Christ, the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, the Lord, the Lion, and the Lamb, According to him, eternal life is to know the one true God. Worship team, how about you make your way up here? Maybe we'll continue John 17 next week. Probably not. The Lord always just gives me something new. and He gave me a trajectory. I know where we're going next week. Anyway, should be good. But man, I honestly, I believe that if every word of God is from the lips of God, 
that this is what he crafted, this is what he said, this is what he spoke, that if one syllable out of his lips has the creative power to birth a universe in it, then we could rest on the word in, in the verse, in the beginning, and we would never get to the bottom of it because there's so much creative power in him, in that word in. So if we only got through five verses today, that's great. Because the bottom line is, we didn't even scratch the surface. We didn't even scratch the surface. Would you stand? This morning, as we celebrate five years, I'm so grateful for five years, but I am hungry for five more. I'm so grateful for the last five years, but I am, I am desiring the next 50. I love the last five years, but the last five years, it pales in comparison to what God has been doing in the earth for the last 5,000. Friends, if I could tell you what my five-year plan was five years ago, it sure does not look like today. <laughs> Praise God. My wife is right. 100%. Pastor Adrian, you're right. But praise God. Because these five years have been better than I planned. Better than I dreamed. And really, this is just the beginning. Church has grown more in the last six months than it did the whole first five years. Now, for a lot of us, we can ask why that is or what that, why that happened and how these things came about. Kids are being awesome. Things are happening over there. Keep your attention on him, okay? There's a lot of reasons why that is. A lot of Christians today would, pastors today would say, well, your marketing campaign wasn't good. No, I meet people all over Grand Rapids who are like, oh, yeah, you're the pastor at Takeover Church. I follow you guys on Instagram. Never been to church. I don't think it's our marketing campaign. Oh, you just didn't start off with enough money. You're dang right we didn't. 80 bucks, baby. There's a book coming, 80 bucks. There's a podcast coming, 80 bucks. And I'm just going to tell stories about what God did with $80. It wasn't enough, but he was. He was. And so we can ask ourselves, why has the church grown more in the last six months? What changed? What changed was we decided we weren't content with the old leathery, leathery, hardened wineskin that we were. That if we are truly going to see new wine in our area, then we would have to be a new wineskin. That we would have to grow, that we would have to stretch, that we would have to be able to handle and grow to a place and get to a place humbly where God could pour out and give unto us new wine to pour out in our region. And for me, in this house, that new wine and that new wine skin, the new wine is revival in our region. And the new wine skin is a bride that is on fire that can handle it. So today, to cap off five years, we're going to go back into a song of worship. If you got to go, we understand, but... If you want to stay and get a little bit more oil on you, this is for you. Because I do. But we're going to sing and we're going to lift this up. And today I want to invite you. We are an altar church. 
this space, confettied up as it may be, is open to you. In fact, uh, Micah and Hamza, can we get these moved out the way for me? Thank you, guys. Give it up for Micah and Hamza. Come on. We're an altar place. So if you want to come up here and you want to stand, you want to worship, you want to jump, you want to sing, you want to scream, go right ahead. You want to come, you want to fall, you want to collapse, you want to cry, you want to be bare before the Lord, come. You want to lay flat on your face and just be completely subjected to his glory in this moment, come. But this is what we do here. There is an altar and there is a history of church that we are tapping into and we are reconnecting with. Where altar calls aren't just for church camps like Zach was talking about earlier. And they're not just for these moments where we feel so much shame and guilt that we have to go up there. No, there are these moments where we go, you know what, Lord? My leg has climbed off the altar and I'm a living sacrifice. My mind has lived off the altar. I've had thoughts off the altar. I have begun to live a life off the altar and I want to burn again. I want to burn again. So as they began to sing, I want to invite you. I'm going to pray out of this, but I want to invite you. Come fill the altar. Come fill the altar. Let's go after the real thing, the tangible, the living presence of God who is in this place, the same God that came in like a rushing wind during that first song in worship. He's been here resting this entire time. He's been speaking to your heart this entire time. He has been in this room this entire time revealing himself to you. And right now, he wants to set you ablaze again. While I'm already burning bright, burn brighter. You don't have enough of him until he has all of you. And I can tell you, he doesn't have all of us until we're on the other side of this thing. So come, get filled. Come, get lit up. Come, burn. Come, bear. Come, fall. But come and leave set on fire. Amen? Let's worship. Come, rest on us, Holy Spirit. Come rest on us like the 